Most bikes are pretty simple in the way it works. It's normally anywhere from two to four bolts that you're going to have to adjust, um, but it's very, very easy. That Triathlon Show 115. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Jimmy Sear, who is the co-founder of Ventum. He is a former pro triathlete and an extraordinary mechanic, and not just in bikes, but anything on wheels, essentially, and we'll discuss basic bike maintenance how to clean and wash your bike and when to do that, what sorts of repairs do you need to know, what tools do you need to have in your toolbox. As the name says, this is a bike maintenance 101 and you'll also get some great tips for resources that you can use to learn more about this topic. But first, this episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration. And remember that you can get your first free box or tube of Precision Hydration Electrolyte product when you use the promo code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps, at precisionhydration.com. It is uh, highly recommended that you first complete their free online sweat test, and that will give you some results for how much you sweat and uh, how much electrolytes you lose in your sweat which has been validated in uh, based on real sweat tests using using a device that measures exact sweat rate so this is a really a really good test and you can do that for free in just a few minutes on uh, on an internet quiz essentially and uh, as opposed to many other sports and electrolyte drinks one of the great advantages that I don't think I talk enough about with precision hydration is that this is actually a great tasting product. It's one of the few that you won't think yuck when you reach out for a bottle, but you're actually kind of looking forward to it. It's a, a nice little uh, opportunity to get something tasty in when you're out on, on a ride or a run or something like that. So so that's one of just one of many, many, many great advantages of using precision hydration in your hydration strategy. This episode is also sponsored by Ventum. You can find them on VentumRacing.com. Their bikes come in several or a few different models, but all of them are uber fast and aerodynamic, all the way from the flagship model, the Ventum 1, to the Ventum C and the brand new Ventum C mechanic that we talked about with Dia, the co-founder of Ventum, a few episodes ago. And... uh, which makes these Uber bikes, this Ventum C mechanic makes Uber bikes available to the everyday triathlete with a normal triathlon bike budget. So, and that's not necessarily something that uh, you can say about the Ventum 1, which is a high-end bike for sure. But the Ventum C mechanic, uh, its value for money is uh, really unmatched at that price point, which is a bit over 3,000 US dollars. So be sure to check it out on VentumRacing.com. Come, and it should be said by the way, since uh, Jimmy is uh, the other co-founder of Ventum, that uh, whoever would have been a guest on the show today, this episode would still have been sponsored by Ventum. Uh, 
they haven't failed to get Jimmy on, and we're not going to talk about Ventum today, really. We're going to talk about bike maintenance and care. But I just knew that this was the topic that I wanted to cover today, and I started thinking and researching who are the greatest experts on the topic. And uh, yeah, Jimmy ended up being the name at the top of the list, so of course I asked him first, and he said yes, which uh, I really appreciate, and uh, he ended up being a fantastic guest with a ton of knowledge, as you'll hear in a second as we dive right into this interview on Bike Maintenance 101. Today on That Triathlon Show, I am joined by Jimmy Sear, co-founder of Ventum, who, as you know, is a sponsor of the podcast. But today we will talk about general bike maintenance and care, and uh, Jimmy is uh, uh, an expert when it comes to this, so there's nobody better to help us understand this than Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Why don't we start with uh, introducing you a little bit? Uh, what's your background and what makes you uh, an expert in uh, in bikes in general and, and how to care for them and maintain them and build them and <laughs> not to speak about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was a professional triathlete for 13 years. Uh, and ever since I started the sport, I was also a bike mechanic. So I've worked for, with some professional cycling teams, many bike shops, um, I've always worked on my own products and then I've designed a lot of products as well. Uh, Ventum's a good example of that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always building and playing and tinkering with bikes and uh, how to make them better and how to make them uh, more efficient. Um, and yeah, so I know bikes very well inside and out. Did you find that that was a competitive advantage for you when you were competing at a at a very high level that you took better care of your bike and was tinkering with it to make it be the optimal race machine for you compared to other athletes? Absolutely. Um, especially with the amount of travel I used to do with racing because I'd be bouncing between Australia, Europe, Asia, America. Um, a big, big advantage is knowing that if you travel and something happens, you can fix it. Uh, so if your derailleur hanging gets bent or your gears are out or your brakes are out or your headset comes loose, you can adjust it. But also on top of that, a, a saying that I got taught very, very early on from a, uh, a mentor of mine uh, is a clean bike is a fast bike. And it's all, if your bike's clean, it's going to work as efficiently as possible. So the bearings, the chain, your gears, it's all working the way it's meant to. So it's going to help you go quicker. So if your bike's dirty or not taken care of, it's going to slow you down. It's going to add drag. So definitely an advantage being able to take care of your own bike. So let's get into into that then so I can go and wash my bike after this. <laughs> and the, yeah. the first question is, uh, what are the main things that everybody really should learn to do themselves and do themselves when it comes to bike maintenance and care? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'd say this question has two sides. One, uh, if the athlete travels uh, and packs the bike in and out of the bag, you've got to learn how to pack it into a bag uh, because you can't always rely on a bike shop uh, in the local area to pack it for you. So if you're going to a race in a strange location, you might not have someone who can help you. So learning how to pack your bag is an important one for a triathlete who is traveling. Uh, but in terms of just general uh, bike care that everyone should learn is regular cleaning, 
Um, and it doesn't take long. I'm not saying it should take an hour, like 10, 15 minutes, just give it a quick clean. Um, knowing how to adjust your brakes if needed, knowing how to tweak your gears if needed, just a little bit. I'm not talking a full sort of gear change or anything, but just making sure that tuning and also your headset because that's probably a very common one where headsets come loose. That can affect the safety of the bike if you're doing hills and vibration. Um, so just knowing how to check it and just tighten it if needed. Okay, and uh, going into that cleaning a little bit, you mentioned that it doesn't have to be long, but it has to be regular. So what's a good schedule for that? Uh, how, how often should we do it? And do you suggest that we do a longer, more in-depth cleaning, more irregularly, but still on a regular basis? Or how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, a good key is if your bike is making noises, then it needs some attention. But that is kind of gone past the point of when it needs the attention. So after every ride, if you get a little bit dirty or if you ride in the rain or get wet, you need to clean it after that ride. Because if you get wet or rained on and you let the bike sit overnight, you're letting uh, the moisture build up. It's going to react with metal parts on your bike. It can create corrosion. It can create rust. It can create a lot of headaches down the line. So taking care of the bike will help it last longer. It's going to cost you less in the long run because if you take care of your chain, it won't wear out as quickly. Uh, same with the cassette and chain rings. So after every ride, just give it a wipe down. And if you've been in rain or anything, just give it a bit, little bit of bigger clean. I'd say, and, and the wipe oh. wipe down is that with uh, with just water and some soap, or or what do you do it with? Uh, I I would use a smooth dry rag um, is good enough. If you need something a little bit more in uh, depth, I use uh, like a mist machine, which is like a spray wood polish with just a rag, just to wipe down the frame. Um, if you got a bit of dirt on your wheel rims or in your uh, running gear, like in your chain cassette, using a very simple degreaser, uh, but that's more on a weekly sort of side of things, weekly to monthly, uh, where like for me, for example, uh, I went out riding and my bike got quite dirty the other day, so I cleaned it after that ride. But if I go out on the road, it doesn't get dirty it looks okay. I'm like, okay, it, it's clean. It's fine. It's good to ride again. Um, but I would at least degrease it and give it a very good clean once a month where I take the wheels off, I clean the brake pads, give it a full degrease. So it, it, it all depends on, it, it changes depending on the conditions you're riding in, the roads, the whether it's wet or dry, um, and also how much you sweat because sweat can be quite damaging to a bike. So you've got to make sure that you get sweat off. So even if your bike's clean but there's sweat along your stem and top tube, just wipe it off. Uh, a little bit of water on a rag will work perfectly, uh, but you've got to get that off the bike because that will also cause uh, corrosion. They can get into headset bearings and make a mess. Mm, yeah, and and that monthly cleaning, if we go into that, uh, or at the very least monthly, as you said, uh, yeah. what if we go into that in more detail? Like, what what do you start with, and uh, and how, yeah, how how do you break down that monthly cleanup of your bike? Yeah, absolutely. So, what I would do is get a very good uh, uh, degreaser, and then you want to get a bucket with some warm water and some soap suds or some soap of some sort. If you can do this outside, you have a, a hose, 
and I would take the bike apart. So take the uh, gear, uh, the wheels off, front and rear. Uh, I'd spray degreaser on everything, and you don't want to use too hard of a brush, but you want to give everything a good scrub with the degreaser on the brake rims, um, on your bike, in the sections of the brake calipers, the gears, the chain cassette, and everything, and give it a good degrease, hose it off. So it should look nice and silver and get rid of all the gunk and grime on there. And and you really got to get in on those jockey wheels on the derailleur and in between the tight spots on the front derailleur and give it a good coating in degreaser. Um, don't use too hard of a degreaser because it could hurt the paint. Uh, so make sure you get a bike safe one. Uh, but bike shops carry those. You can buy them online. There's a lot on the market out there. So once you give it a good degrees, give it a hose down so it's all clean and then use the soap suds. So give it a good clean all over with a sponge, um, warm water and soap. Give it a good scrub. The tires, the rims, the hubs, the spokes, absolutely every part of the bike. Give it a good uh, wipe down, hose it all off, and then you want to try and dry it the best you can. Use a rag on the chain and run it between your hands um, and you'll see how much dirt comes off on the chain. And then you got to re-oil it. Uh, so putting oil back on the chain. And something I've noticed over many years is people tend to over-oil the chain when they're putting oil on. Uh, so all you really need to do is you don't need to spin the chain backwards and just pile the oil on is just go from on the bottom. When you're looking at your bike, the chain on the bottom side, go from the rear derailleur on the top surface of that chain from the rear derailleur to the crank. And that's it. Spin it, spin your cranks as if you're riding a few times, you'll hear the oil spreading and then just use a rag and wipe off any excess. And that will stop it from getting really messy on your first ride taking that excess off so that's a good service where it's going to oil your chain it's going to get rid of all the gunk you don't want on there which wears parts out quicker it's going to make your bike look better it's going to help it go quicker and last longer shifting will be better braking will be better um and that should happen yeah once once a month or depends on how much you ride yeah, that sounds sounds simple enough so if we try to make a list of the tools and equipment needed for that then you need uh, you need that oil and you need the degreaser and you need soap and you need a bucket and you need a rag and a brush that is not too hard. And did I miss something that you mentioned there? Uh, or is yeah. there anything else to a add? Hose, a hose if you have one and that's about it. Okay, brilliant. And uh, do you find, is it uh, helpful to, to have a bike stand or do you use it just without yes. a bike stand? If you have access to a bike stand, it helps a lot uh, just because it holds it all still and it's easy. If you don't have a bike stand, you can turn your bike upside down so it's resting on the hoods of the handlebars and the saddle. But you got to be careful as well because uh, you don't want to knock it over and damage the bike or scratch it. So if you don't have a bike stand, uh, maybe leave the wheels in. It won't get as clean, but... Uh, it all depends on everyone's situation. Like some people might not be able to clean it outside. And I've known people to clean their uh, bikes in their showers um, in the house. So I'm sure uh, you're, everybody's better half might get angry if you're cleaning bikes in the shower and getting uh, grease in there. But um, yeah, it, it all depends on what you have access to. Mm. And so 
And that's actually a good uh, good segue into my next question, which is, uh, what if you ride almost exclusively indoors, like a lot of people do? I did it last winter, or any winter that I've been training in Finland, for example, you're indoors for many, many months, and I know that I didn't do a monthly cleanup of my bike, not a proper one, as we describe now, because it feels like, well, it doesn't really get dirty, but uh, should you do it yep. uh, anyway? Yes, yes. So... You have a different type of dirt you have to worry about when you're riding indoors is, yeah, you're not riding along and getting dirt flicked up off the tires. But what's happening is when you're inside, everybody sweats on the indoor trainer and sweat is very corrosive. So with it dropping into the headset, in the bolts up on your handlebars, even dropping onto the bolts, your saddle clamp in your, like on the top of your seat post and your seat post clamp, running down the frame to the bottom bracket, dripping on your rear gears, like all of that sort of area that the sweat can drip onto, it can be very damaging. It could rust your bolts, so it could damage the bolts. It'll definitely damage the bearings. Your bearings could start creaking and making noises, could damage your chain. So if you're going to be sweating on your bike on the indoor trainer, definitely want to wipe it down, and you don't want to let it sit. Like if you do a hard session, you've got a big puddle of sweat underneath you, just give the bike a quick rub down and a little bit of oil as well because that will help. Because, uh, yeah, if you let it sit for a few days with sweat on it, it's it's not going to react well. Mm. So shifting gears, pun intended, a bit to uh, to parts, or did we have we left something out with the more general cleaning of the bikes that you still want to mention? Yeah, I've, I think you've nailed it. Um, like after you've cleaned it and put oil on, you can use a bit of a polish, like a car polish or even a wood um, uh, wood furniture polish. You just got to be careful not to get it on your brake tracks, like on your rim or if you have disc brakes, getting it on there. But apart from that, that'll help dirt not to stick to your bike when you go riding. Um, so that'll also help your bike look clean for longer. Yep. Okay, so then moving on to the mechanical side of things and uh, the parts and uh, maintaining them and checking that everything is okay. What what are some things that we should be uh, looking looking at and checking on regular intervals? Yeah, so it's so there's a few things. Uh, I'll break it down uh, to I'll start with gears. Uh, so with gears, you have electronic or mechanical gears. Uh, with electronic, your shifting should be pretty good throughout. You shouldn't have to adjust it if it's set up properly. But if you notice there's a lag in the shift or it's not shifting properly, learning how to adjust the gears will definitely help. And most bike shop mechanics are willing to share this with you. It's it's not complicated. It's very simple. Uh, at the shops I've worked at, it was almost more frustrating when someone thought they knew what they're doing with the gears, they'd play with it and bring it in going, it's not working and they make a mess of it. So it's better to get someone to show you in person how to do it. There are videos online which can help, but it's best if you learn in person because then you can actually ask the questions go, hey, is this right? Or, okay, I got that. And you can confirm with them any questions or concerns you have. So learning to adjust your gears, uh, mechanical gears, will the cable will stretch over time. So you'll notice you'll have to get them adjusted, especially when it's a new cable more frequently. But then as it gets older, it will stay, uh, stay uh, put a lot better. So learning how to adjust the gears and finding someone you trust to teach you is important. Brakes would be similar. Um, swapping between wheels, you're going to find that 
you're going to have to adjust your brake pad width or even the compound of your brake pad. Um, you might have to put in something that's more suited to an alloy rim or a carbon rim. Um, so learning that from the manufacturers who you use. So if you use, say, uh, an FSA alloy training wheel um, and then you switch to, say, an NV carbon wheel, NV has a specific carbon brake pad to use for that wheel. And then you might have to adjust the width of your brake pads because an NV rim will be wider than an alloy rim. So learning how to adjust the brakes like that um, is important. Uh, most bike shops can do it pretty quickly. Um, and then headsets. Headsets is a big one where if they're loose, it can become dangerous because it's your steering. Um, and under braking, it could vibrate. Um, and it's not nice. So you'll notice there'll be a knock in the front end if you're braking and your headset's loose. You can feel it if you put your front brake on and sort of move your bike forward and back holding your handlebars. So learning how to adjust a headset is important. Um, and, yeah, it, again, I, I recommend people to find people they trust in actual learning how to do it. Um, most bikes are pretty simple in the way it works. It's normally anywhere from two to four bolts that you're going to have to adjust. Um, but it's very, very easy. And it's a good safety aspect to learn because understanding how the bike works is going to make sure you know that you're in tune with it. And in addition to that, uh, things like chains and uh, brake pads, tires that needs changing every now and then, how often do we need to change those? And and should we check them regularly? Well, what's your take on that? Yeah, so with a chain, if you do not clean it, it'll wear out quicker because all the links in a chain can wear out, especially if there's dirt and grime and sand in there. So if you clean your chain and you're running gear more regularly, the chain's going to last longer. Um, and most people will tend to ride a chain for too long. So if you replace a chain a little bit more regularly, you'll probably, well, you, if you replace the chain more regularly, your cassette will last longer. And so it will cost you less in the long run as well. So most people will ride a chain until the chain is completely dead. But then at that point, it's also wearing out your chainring and your cassette quicker. So you're going to have to replace that. So typically at shops, we recommend uh, that you'd run three chains to every cassette. But if you're overusing a chain, you're probably only going to get one chain per cassette or two chains per cassette. And that's going to be a lot more expensive because a cassette is, depending on where you live, they're quite expensive. So, and do you have a guideline for how how often you need to you generally need to change that chain? Like how many kilometers or, or miles of riding does it take until you yeah. need need that changed? Yeah, so I would normally change my chain around two two thousand five hundred to three thousand kilometers, depending on I guess the conditions. Like if you're riding in like snow and grime and off road, you'll probably replace it a little bit more regularly, but it, it all depends on your conditions, but you can buy a little chain checker tool um, from people like Park Tools or someone like that. And it's very simple. It's not expensive. And it, it's a good way to keep a track of your chain. And I'll tell you, hey, my chain's worn out. I need to replace it. Um, and then that will help your cassette last longer. What about uh, bringing your bike to a yearly or twice yearly checkup how, how often do you recommend people do that because i guess for most people 
that uh, they can maybe learn the basics, but there are some things that uh, that you might want to have a professional look at anyway. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely. It, if you treat your bike like a car, if you just drive your car for an entire year or two years without getting it serviced, it's going to come up with issues because the oil needs to be changed, the filter needs to be changed. So if you look at a bike in a similar way, if you're going to be riding it, the more you ride it, the more regularly it will have to be serviced. And having probably two services, big services done a year, it's only going to help the bike stay in good condition, working the way it should, and make sure everything's working well. So it'll help you ride quicker. So I would say two times a year is a good time for your bike especially if you have questions about your bike or if it's making a funny noise, take it in, get it checked out uh, by a mechanic that you trust. Um, so it's it's all about building that relationship with a mechanic because you got to be able to make sure that your bike is safe uh, and that's a big thing, like knowing your brakes are working properly, your cables aren't going to be damaged, your gears are working. Like I've seen people crash because gears aren't set up properly they get out of the saddle, the gears skips, and they fall off. So knowing that the bike is working properly and getting adjusted is very important. And uh, what if, if somebody wants to learn more about becoming a better bike mechanic themselves? You mentioned there that the best thing is learning in person from from a mechanic that, yeah. that you trust. But uh, uh, are, are there other resources that you can also look at, like YouTube channels, books that you, that you find especially useful like if you have specific resources that you would recommend what would those be so there's a couple companies uh one is park tools uh they have a great range of bike tools you can use uh but they also have a very good resource and videos in bike maintenance and so does pedros uh pedros is another range of good tools and they also have videos on and books uh you can buy both of them books to explain bike maintenance from basic to uh, very experienced. So you can find anywhere in between, but they're a good resource to uh, use and tap into. And uh, and in everybody's, every triathlete's toolbox in their garage, wherever that is, uh, what, what are some, we talked already about the things you need for cleaning, but for general uh, bike mechanic uh, adjustments, what, what are the tools that people need to absolutely need to have at the minimum? Absolutely. So most bikes uh, use Allen keys and maybe you'll need a screwdriver, but mainly just Allen keys. So, for example, with Ventum bike, we try and minimize the amount of tools you're going to need to use on the bike. So now you could work on a bike with just four tools. So you need just a handful of Allen keys and that's it. So if you can understand what size Allen keys and tools you need on your bike, as long as you have those tools and in a good quality. Because if you buy a cheap set of Allen keys, those Allen keys will round on the corners or damage bolts. You can then strip bolts pretty easily. So you want to have a decent quality toolkit that has all the tools you need to be able to adjust your bike. Um, so looking at someone like a Pedro's or a Park Tools, they've got their specific bike tools and they have everything you'd ever need to be able to work on your bike. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, so I think that's no one more question actually that I just 
came up with and that is uh, for people that feel like bike mechanics it is way out of their comfort zone and that's not something that they could ever learn do you have something to say to those people because there are a lot of them out there as uh, you're probably well aware but uh, do you have some words of wisdom for them absolutely it's uh bike maintenance might seem scary and complicated but bikes are extremely basic um, so as long as you can just get someone to teach you, watch videos and learn how they work, it is actually very easy to understand. So as anything, if it's new to you, it's going to seem complicated, but the le- more you learn about it, whether you're watching videos on YouTube or you're reading books or you're even asking bike mechanics for pointers like, Hey, I'm, I have issues with my rear derailleur not staying set up. Do you know why? And they can walk you through it and just having a good teacher like that. So that way you'll help you understand the bike. And once you learn to understand the mechanical part of the bike, it'll help you understand if you're out riding, it might make a funny noise or handle differently. And it'll help you in the setup of your bike. So you can now make your bike more comfortable because you could set up the brakes the way you like it. Because some people might like to run brakes tighter some like them a little bit softer or spongy or firm. So learning how a bike works will help you learn how you like the bike to be set up for you and the way you ride, which will make you more comfortable on the bike or help you enjoy riding more. And also if you're out on the road and you have a mechanical issue, you should be able to then fix it. Instead of going, oh, man, I'm stuck out here. How do I get home? You can now do it. So knowing how to change tires and tubes if you get a flat, um, and l- sort of things like that. It's, it's easy, but you need to learn how to do it. So finding someone or a video to teach you is the best way. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, it's, it's like anything, like learning to iron a shirt properly. That's still something that I'm working on. <laughs> they still get wrinkles, but uh, yeah, that it's, uh, it's not, not too complicated. It's, uh, you don't need to have, have any, any apprehension towards it. It's, it's just about getting started. Absolutely. So, yeah, so so Jimmy, thanks. Uh, let's move into the rapid fire questions here and take just one or two sentences at most to answer these. And the first one is: What's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon or cycling? Yeah, well, this this one's uh, I'm gonna have to be a little bit coy on this because I'm gonna have to say Leander Cave has allowed me to have a pre-read of her book she's about to release. So uh, I would say that's an extremely good resource for all aspects of triathlon. So yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to say that. So brilliant. When when will it be out? Uh, I'll have to check with her. I think later this year. Okay. What's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? Of course, I'm gonna say a Venton bike. I have. To. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what, what's your what's what's your second favorite? Uh, I do like my uh, Pioneer Parameter. Uh, it, it's great. Like I love playing with all the features where uh, you can have a look at the balance between your right and left leg and see if you're pedaling in circles. Um, and I don't know how many people are using road parameters off-road, but I'm testing those at the moment. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're a great product, and I have a lot of fun. And Deer and I then... Uh, have a lot of fun competing about who can get the highest uh, maximum power output on rides. Right. And finally, what do you wish you had known or done differently at some point in your career? Oh, this one's a good question. I have to say nutrition. 
because I feel a lot of people haven't done nutrition correctly. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in marketing hype a time between uh, nutrition and a lot of nutrition companies try and paint everyone with the same brush. Uh, everybody's unique in how their body sweats, how it needs calories, how it absorbs fluids. Um, and actually a good friend of mine, Daryl Griffith from Shots Nutrition in Australia, he's written a, a very good book that I'd also recommend people to read uh, where you need to learn what your body needs. It, it's like having a car and putting diesel fuel in it, but you actually need premium unleaded or vice versa. So it's learning what you need. So that's that's something that Daryl taught me. Uh, I wish I had it earlier in my career than I did, but I got to work with Daryl for a good eight years. And he's amazing. Like read that book and understand your nutrition uh, because that that's your fuel and that's going to help you go quicker. Brilliant. Uh, all right, so uh, where can people follow you? Uh, and uh, is there anything else that you want to mention before we close off this interview? Yeah, well, first off, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and, yeah, I hope we can do some more. And, yeah, I, I guess you can find me on uh, Instagram either through the Ventum Instagram or my personal Jimmy Sia. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, bringing some exciting things out with Ventum very soon. So, Hopefully we can come back on and uh, promote it some more. And yeah. well, the Ventum C mechanical will be out by the time this uh, this episode is released. So you can talk about that a little bit if you want to. Yeah. Well, the yeah we're sort of re relaunching a Z, which is a more entry level focused price point uh, Ventum. So yeah, it's slightly different uh, front end with the fork and handlebars, exposed front brake, similar well same frame shape but a different carbon fiber used. So, um, yeah, it's all about uh, helping, well, uh, getting a lower price point. So, um, yeah, we'll be doing a frame set, a mechanical version, and then a DI2 version. So uh, very excited about launching that. Yeah, and uh, I am too to see that launched. And, uh, yeah, wishing you all the best for that. But uh, as I said, it will be out. So people can go to ventumracing.com and, and check it out as this episode is out. All right, Jimmy, this has been an absolute fresh pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for all this advice. And uh, I hope that the listeners find it useful. It was uh, great talking to you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on. And there you have it. I hope that you learned a thing or two or three on bike maintenance and how to get more out of your bike, more speed, more uh, longer life and uh, less money wasted to unnecessary services. And the key takeaways for this episode, from my perspective at least, is uh, first to clean your bike probably more often than you do at least uh for myself that's definitely something that holds true uh, yeah i'm not particularly good at this myself but uh trying to improve and uh, do, getting doing some improvements in in the rate of cleaning that i do with my bike but uh, i'm sure that i'm not the only one so so clean your bike probably more often than you're currently doing and remember that it doesn't have to take a long time five ten minutes and you can get plenty done in that in terms of a basic cleaning that will go a long way to uh, making your bike faster and uh, and hold up longer uh, my second takeaway is to do two uh, services in a bike shop or or bike mechanics store per year and uh 
checking in the interim as well yourself if something needs to be done, of course, but having those two basic services done to have the experts look at your bike and make sure it's in tip-top shape, that will also go a long way to prolonging the life of your bike and making it perform optimally. And finally, learn the basics from a bike mechanic that you trust. That will be the fastest way to learn and it will give you confidence and proficiency that will make sure that you you do all of these things and it doesn't end up being just another podcast episode that you listen to, but you actually go and take action. So it makes a lot of sense. It's uh, kind of an analogy to trying to learn to swim yourself compared to having a good coach teach you how to swim. You can go about it yourself, but it will take years and years and you won't get anywhere near the level that you would if you if you have a good t- coach teach you. You'll save so much time and, and headache by having somebody, in this case a bike mechanic, teach you the, uh, the basics of what you need to know. And as per usual, the show notes for this episode can be found on thattriathlonshow.com. I've also started including the links to the specific episode. So that would be the URL scientifictriathlon.com forward slash TTS115 in this case in the episode description. So you can click right through to this episode. But of course, you can also find the entire back catalog and archive on thattriathlonshow.com and you can comment on this episode on the show notes page and or ask questions to get answered and the next episode on that triathlon show will be a revisit to some of the topics that we talked about with uh, tom hughes recently on running form but this time i'm joined by jonathan beverly who is the author of the book your best stride which has been a great success in the endurance uh, world so that will be a great chance to get another perspective and see how um, yeah how jonathan's and uh, tom's philosophies compare i haven't actually interviewed jonathan yet as i record this uh, outro so it will be yeah i'm as curious as you are now that you hear this to to hear how how they compare and how things pan out with in that interview with jonathan Finally, as I mentioned in the last episode, if you are looking for a coach, I now have one uh, free coaching slot. And uh, I, I I might have that, I should say, because I'm recording this episode and the last episode at the same time. So I'm not sure if uh, it's already filled up or not. But just email me on michael at scientifictriathlon.com to find out. And that's Michael with a K. So uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. You can find more info, of course, on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash coaching. And uh, I coach 15 athletes at a time only, so you'll definitely get a lot of attention. I'll spend a lot of time on you specifically if you decide to become coached by me. But uh, we can have a Skype call or Google Hangout so you can learn more if that's something that interests you. Finally, big thank you to both of our sponsors that keep the show going. First, Ventum. Again, if you, for whatever reason, missed that, Jimmy is one of the co-founders of Ventum and you heard his level of expertise. And all that expertise has gone into designing the fastest triathlon bikes out there. And they now have a nice range from the high-level Ventum 1 to 
the more entry-level Ventim C mechanical that still has the same Uber bike shape and function but to an entry-level friendly price. So check that out on VentimRacing.com. They have all sorts of uh, perks and benefits like you can trade in your current bike for 110% of its value. You, they have payment plans and all those sorts of things to make it super easy for you to purchase a Ventum. And big thank you to Precision Hydration. Spring is here and so is the sun and warm days, at least here in Portugal. And that means even more sweating and more electrolytes lost. If you want to make sure that you get the most out of your training, then you absolutely need to replace those electrolytes. Otherwise, you will compromise performance, especially in those longer training sessions. And uh, to find out just how much and uh, how strong an electrolyte concentration you need in your electrolyte drink, as always, you can take Precision Hydration's free online sweat test on precisionhydration.com, which uh, I linked to down below in the episode description and on the show notes page. And that will help you find out what you should take in your training and racing. And another thing that I want to mention is that Precision Hydration has summarized the findings of their 2018 cramping survey in a brilliant infographic article called Are Athletes Winning the War on Cramp? And of course, I'll link to that as well down in the episode description and on the show notes page. So check that out. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.